Hey guys, welcome to Thursday Night Live. We are so glad you are here. It's November, which is just blowing my mind. So I hope all of you are surviving the last four weeks of the semester. We are here for you. We love you and you are not alone. Like we wanna finish the semester strong with you guys. But yeah, just like Cody and Jonathan said, tonight we are starting our new series and it's our last series of the semester and it's called Suit Up. And so over the next four to six weeks, we are gonna look at spiritual warfare. I'm already getting deep. We're gonna look at spiritual warfare and how as followers of Christ, we are fighting a battle. And so I'm gonna dive right in to scripture. And in scripture, we see a missionary named Paul and he talks about this very battle, this very warfare that we are fighting. And we can find this in the New Testament book of Ephesians. And the book of Ephesians is actually a letter that was written by Paul while he was in prison. And Paul got sent to prison because he was preaching the gospel. And so Paul is writing this letter in prison to the church in Ephesus. So that's how we get the name Ephesians. Um, is because they were from the city called Ephesus. And one of the main themes that Paul is writing in this letter, he was encouraging his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to withstand the evil powers of sin and darkness. And so I want to read where you can find this passage. It's Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 12. And we have a new element that we're introducing tonight this screen. <laughs> so you can follow along on the screen, you can pull it up on your phone, you can pull out your physical Bible, but read along with me as we jump into Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 12. And it says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all the go of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That was not, that was some heavy stuff. And here Paul is saying that we are not fighting against human flesh. So yes, we see that in our world. We see wars. We see violence. We see attacks. But he's saying in reality we are fighting against something more. We are fighting against something deeper. We are fighting against evil and powers that go beyond what we can see with our natural eyes. And we are fighting things in the spiritual realm, in the supernatural. And if you consider yourself a Christian, it is so important for us to understand the severity of this battle that we're in. And because often it's something that we can't maybe physically see, it's really easy to lose sight of the impact that it can have in our world and in our own personal lives. And so how many of you have faced a battle before? Either like throw a hand up physically, raise a hand virtually, but we have all have faced battles. We all experience inner tension or outer tension in, in our lives. And as long as we live on this earth, like th that's just our reality. We, we live in a broken world. We are going to face battles. We're going to come up against things. But the cool part is they don't have to consume us, right? They don't have 
to take us down. And as children of God, we do not have to fear the enemy. We, do, we don't have to fear the schemes of the devil. And Paul, he goes on to explain that we don't have to fight these battles unequipped, unprepared, or alone. Have you ever just sat down getting ready to do something and then you realize you didn't have the proper tools to actually get the job done? But, but God doesn't operate like this. God, through his son Jesus, he has given us everything, every tool that we will ever, ever need to fight the battle of sin and darkness and evil. And he gives us what scripture calls the full armor of God. And so the armor of God, it represents the defense that we must take in our spiritual lives. And so we are fighting this war against Satan. And it says in John 10, 10, that he is here to steal. He's here to kill. He's here to destroy us. But what I love about the second half of that verse, if you look up John 10, 10, it says, but Jesus comes, he came to give us life and he came to give us life in abundance, more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so therefore we must take action and actually put on what scripture calls the armor of God. So I want you guys to listen to how Paul unpacks what the full armor of God is in Ephesians 6 verses 13 through 18, also going to be on the screen. So follow along with me. It says, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be still standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. A lot of things going on that, a lot of instructions, a lot of things that God is telling us to put on. But here Paul lists six pieces of armor that Jesus gives us so we can fight the enemy and be victorious in battle. He says the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. And what I love about what Paul wrote is where he said, put on every piece of God's armor, put on the full armor. We will need to use all of it. And I think we, we don't really get to like pick and choose I think today I'm going to wear the helmet, but I'm not going to wear the rest. Or today I'm just going to wear the belt and I'm not going to put on everything else. Like our instructions are, we have to put on all of it. We have to put on the full armor because the armor of God is designed to be the most effective when every piece is used together. And that is why for the next four to six weeks, we are going to unpack together what each piece of armor is, why it's important and how we can use it in our everyday lives. And so I want to continue tonight talking about what Paul referred to as the belt of truth. And if you watched my video on Instagram, I was wearing this belt. And so tonight when I talk about the belt of truth, I actually don't want you to think of a belt like this. This is a fashion belt. <laughs> but I really want you to think about the belt of truth 
Um, more like a utility belt. And I often think of like a, somebody who works in construction. They have a utility belt that holds, holds all the tools that they might need. And I think that's really similar to what I'm going to compare that to is the belt of a Roman soldier, what he would wear um, as he was putting on his armor and as he was preparing for battle. So we're going to put a picture on the screen of what Roman armor actually looked like. Um, that's some serious armor, and I can't imagine um, how heavy that must have been as they were going into battle. Um, but when we look at what the Roman soldier would wear, what he would take into battle with him, um, we have the helmet, we have the shield, we have the breastplate, we have the shoes, we have a sword, and we have the belt. And I feel like the belt is just so small in comparison to the rest of the armor. The belt kind of seems, in my natural human brain, the belt would kind of seem insignificant. Like when you when you're getting ready for the day, and if you forget a belt, it's not the end of the world. But if you forget your pants, that is another story. But so a belt doesn't always seem like a necessity, right? It doesn't always seem like this is something I have to wear each and every day. But if you're a Roman soldier getting ready for battle, you would not want to forget your helmet to protect your head. Or you would not want to forget your breastplate to protect all your major organs in your body. Or I would definitely not want to forget my shield to what scripture says, dodge the fiery arrows of the enemy. I would not want to forget my sword to defend what was ever coming near me. And I wouldn't want to forget my shoes that would help me move fast and safe on the battlefield. But a belt, right? But a belt, like, what is that going to do in the heat of a battle? And God is so intentional about what he wrote in scripture for us to read. Like, God would not have included the belt if it wasn't important, if it wasn't necessary for us to use. And the pieces of armor um, in the Ephesians 6 passage aren't necessarily listed in the order of how important they are, but I do believe that the belt was named first because the belt is foundational. The belt is foundational. The Roman soldier, he knew that without their belt, most of his armor, 85% of the rest of his armor would not work. So let me explain. Check this out. The Roman soldier's belt, you might not be able to see exactly on this picture, but I'm going to tell you. The Roman soldier's belt literally kept the rest of his armor in place. Like the breastplate that was used, like I said, to protect the organs was actually attached to the top of the belt and it helped keep itself in place. Um, the sheath, so the covering that held their sword was actually attached directly to the belt. And so easy access for when they needed to use their sword. And they even tucked in their battle garments. I don't know if you can tell from this picture, but their battle garments were actually like a looser tunic type vibe. And they actually tucked their battle garments into their belt so they would not get tripped up in the midst of battle. The belt was essential. The belt was necessary. The belt was foundational. And without the belt, like I said, all the other pieces of armor were deemed ineffective. It was that important. So what does that mean tonight for you and me? As Christians, as Christ followers, what does it mean? Why do we need to have the belt of truth? And as Christians, God's word is truth. And God's word 
it should serve as our foundation. Just like the belt was the foundation of the Roman soldier's armor, the belt of truth, God's truth, God's word should serve as our foundation. Um, it's essential. God's word is necessary. God's word is important. And when we remain in the truth of who God is, we can distinguish better in our world what is true and what is a lie. We're reminded in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. And so God inspired the Bible to reveal his truth to us. That's just so awesome to me. His promises, his commands, his instructions, his words, they are all truth. Because God loves truth. And we as his children, we should strive for our hearts to also be lovers of truth. Because since the beginning of time, a war has been waged on truth. A war has been waged on truth. The devil's mission is for us to doubt the truth of who God is and what his word said. The devil attacks truth. The devil attacks truth. And scripture even confirms that for us in John 8, 44, where it says the devil has always hated truth because there is no truth in him. Where um, when he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So we witness what it says in John 8, 44. We witness the devil's character all the way back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, um, with Adam and Eve in the garden. If you have been with us for a while, we actually talked about that in our first series called What's Your Story? We looked at what happened in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And here, just a little recap, we see the devil twist the truth just ever so slightly to cause Adam and Eve to stumble away from God's truth. He said, did God really say not to eat the apple from this tree? Like, did he really mean that? Or are you sure God's just not wanting to keep something from you? Are you sure God is good? Or are you sure you can trust God with what he says? That is what the enemy did with Adam and Eve in the garden. And that caused them to stumble away from God's truth. And God's truth, it's, it's non-negotiable. It's permanent. It will not change. No matter what chaos is going on in our world, and I know there's a lot of chaos going on this week, but who God is and what his word says will never change. No matter how the devil tries to twist it, just, just ever so slight, no matter what our culture is saying around us, God's truth cannot be altered. God's truth is absolute. And so I want to give you just some examples of some non-negotiable truths of our Christian faith, there is only one true God. God sent his son Jesus down to earth to save us. You and me, we were lost and dead in our sin before Jesus came. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus three days later rose again from the dead. When Jesus physically left this earth, he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is alive and active today in 2020. 
These are just some examples of foundational truths. And the enemy comes to attack those and to attack a million other truths of who God is and what his word says. What we believe about these truths will literally dictate how we live our lives. What we believe about what is in this book will literally dictate how we live our lives. And every time I think of a belt, it is, it's worn really close to the body. It, it, it encompasses the waist. It, it surrounds us. And I want us to ask ourselves tonight, does the truth of God, does who God say he is and what is written in this book, does it encompass us? Does it surround us? Our conviction for God's truth must be found around us and it must be written on our hearts. It must be, I say that because it must be that close. It must be that close to us. Just as a belt is so close to us, God's truth must be that close. And so tonight, I just want to um, kind of talk about three things. If you remember nothing else tonight, if you remember nothing else that I said, I want you to remember these three things. The first thing is we must guard the truth of God in our lives. We must guard it. We must guard what is absolute. Um, we must guard and watch where the enemy is trying to attack truth in our lives. Um, because this is our culture today. I, I really wanted to carve out a couple seconds just to talk about this. Our, in our culture today, everything is negotiable. Everything is not absolute. Everything kind of has a, a gray area. We live in a world that, that does teach us that truth is what we make it. That good and bad are, are relative in that uh, there are no absolutes. Um, only equally valid opinions. That is what culture te like teaches us. If you go on any social media platform, any news outlet, anything on the internet, it teaches us that there is no like one truth. And I hear people say all the time, hey, that, like what's true for you isn't true for me. Like that's okay, like go live your truth and I'll go live my truth. But, but the Bible teaches us that truth is God's word. That, that good and bad are, are defined by him and that there are eternal and, and unchangeable absolutes uninfluenced by people's opinions. And, and we live in a world full of people who, who are trying to live out their truth. Um, but when uncertainty comes, but, but when pain comes, when, when hardship comes, when chaos comes, th their truth can't stand. And, and only the truth of God can stand. Only the truth of God is something that is stable, that is something that is secure. And our culture wants us so badly to believe that there is no real truth. God defines truth. Jesus is the source of truth. And that is what our culture today does not want us to believe. And sometimes it's obvious and, and other times it's sneaky. Remember that the enemy is sneaky. He, he will try to just slightly just ever so small, just twist the truth to get us to stumble in the battle. So we must guard the truth of God in our lives. And how do we do that? I'm going to tell you. Second thing I want you to remember tonight, we must study the truth of God. We must, we must study this. <laughs> um, we, we must spend time in his word. We must spend time with Jesus. We have to immerse ourselves in the truth 
so we can spot the lies of the enemy. And I learned this a long time ago. I can't remember where I read it, what documentary I watched. I can't remember. But I was learning about how people who are trained to spot counterfeit money, there's people who, like, that's their job. And also, like, you learn that if you work in any other, like, retail setting. Anyways, you learn how to spot counterfeit money. People who are trained to, to spot counterfeit money, what do you think they spend most of the time studying? The real money or counterfeit money? I'll let you, like, answer in your head. People who are trained to spot counterfeit money, they actually spend all of their time studying the real thing. They spend all of their time examining and pouring themselves over actual, truthful money. They study the real deal. And so when something counterfeit comes across their path, boom, they can spot it. And I think the same goes, so how am I going to apply that to us? The same goes for us. When we spend our time studying God's truth, when we spend our time studying who he is, we are able to spot the counterfeit. We're able to spot the lie. We're able to spot the false stuff that culture is spewing at us and the enemy wants to trick us with. We're going to be able to actually spot it because we spent our time studying the real thing. We spent our time studying the truth of who God is and what it says in his word. And oftentimes, the enemy doesn't try to trick us always with the big, big things. Because maybe you're sitting there thinking, I believe there's one God. I believe that Jesus came and died on the cross. I believe that I was lost and dead in sin before Jesus. But the enemy isn't always going to try to get you to, to believe that, that God doesn't exist. But he is going to try to get you to believe that God isn't good. He's going to get you to try to believe that God isn't kind or that he isn't faithful, or that he doesn't care for you. The enemy is going to try to get you to believe that you aren't good enough, that you aren't loved, that you've made too many mistakes, that your past is too bad for redemption. The enemy is going to try to get you to believe that the number on the scale is what is defining your worth, or that you need a relationship to be enough, to be whole, to be complete. The enemy is going to try to get you to believe that drinking or drugs or sleeping around will bring you the satisfaction and the joy that you're looking for, or that money will make you happy and secure. The enemy will try to get you to believe that de your depression or anxiety is what defines you, or that your life is going nowhere, or that you're going to fail. Maybe you're currently believing one of these lies. Or maybe you're believing something else that I didn't even say tonight. But I want you to take a second and think, where in your life right now do you need to study and that you need to apply the truth of who God is in the truth of his word? We must study the truth of God. And the third and the last thing I want you to remember is that we must live out the truth of God. We must live out the truth of God. Truth should propel us into action. We should see the evidence of truth in our lives. Like when we know the truth of God, it should just wake up something from inside of us to do something, to act on that truth. Because it's not just enough to know the truth. Because when the truth is really in our hearts, it overflows into our lives. It overflows into the lives of people around us. 
so other people can experience the same truth, so other people can experience the same secure and unchangeable foundation of who God is and what his word says. They get to see that there is another way to live this life. Something that is founded on something that is stable and secure and unchanging. And so we must guard the truth of God. I'm going to go over the three again. We must guard the truth of God. We must study the truth of God. And finally, we must live out the truth of God. And so tonight, I know that um, we talked about a lot of things, a lot of things. But I really, at the end, um, we normally do breakout rooms, but I really felt that God wanted us just to take a moment to reflect like with ourselves. And so um, what we're going to do is I'm just going to step away from the camera for like three minutes. And if as we spend time reflecting, if you want to turn off your camera, that's fine too. But we're not done yet, but I'm, I'm going to come back. But I want to give us a few minutes to reflect on these two things. Um, the first thing I want you to spend a few minutes reflecting on is what area, where in your life do you need to remember to apply God's truth to? It could be a situation. It could be a lie that you constantly tell yourself. I want you to take some time just to identify where in my life right now do I need to apply the truth of who God is and what it says in his word. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing that I want you to think about is how can you practically live out truth in your life? What, what does that look like for you? What does that mean for you? And I know I'm only giving you three minutes, and so I hope that you don't just say, oh, I thought about it for three minutes, and I'm never going to think about it again. I wanted us to give this time and this space as a starting point of how to process truth um, of who God is and what he says in his word. So I'm going to step away. You guys can turn off your cameras if you want, if you want to write some things down, put some things in your phone, and then I will be right back. All right, guys, um, that's the end of our night. We are so pumped to continue going through this series about the armor of God. Um, we have some really good stuff coming up, so you are not going to want to miss a Thursday. Um, next week, if you want, bring a notebook, um, bring something to write with. If you want to type on your phone or your computer, whatever. But we're going to share some really good stuff about what scripture says about the armor of God. And we just don't want you to miss out. And so I'm just going to close tonight in prayer. Um, and we'll, we'll get going. So God, we love you so much. We are so thankful uh, for who you are and just the truth of who you are and the truth of your word. Um, God, thank you so much for... Um, giving us just the gift of, of Jesus, your son, um, who is the source of truth in our lives, who, who is the source of truth in this world. God, I pray um, just as, as things are, are chaotic and um, maybe unrestful, not just in this season of our world, but, but that's just kind of life sometimes. God, I thank you that just the truth of who you are and the truth of your word does not change. God, that it, it is steady and it's stable, and it's secure, no matter what um, is going on in our lives. And so, God, I pray that throughout the rest of this week, and until we meet again here on this Zoom call next Thursday, God, that we would go through our week intentionally looking for ways to put into action the belt of truth. God, I pray that when we wake up each morning, that you will just give us that visual reminder 
of, of the Roman soldier's belt, God, that it is foundational, that it is essential, that it's important, that we cannot carry on with our day without having you as our foundation. And so, God, uh, we, we love you. Thank you for just speaking your heart tonight. Um, and, God, we just pray for the rest of our week. Whatever we have going on, God, we, we give it to you and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you have a question about something that we talked about tonight or something that could be related to what we talked about tonight, throw it in the Zoom chat. DM us at Edinburgh underscore XA on Instagram. Uh, Cody and I want to talk about some good stuff tomorrow to share with you. So we would love your questions. Um, you can also throw them in our Discord. Wherever you can contact us, you can put your questions there. Cody and I will gather them up. Can't promise we're going to talk about all of them, but we will definitely knock out a few of those questions for you. Uh, we're just so excited to share with you. So guys, have a great night.